Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series on Only Jesus. Here's Christine Geshom with today's message. Welcome church. Um, I'm so happy that we could catch up with you like this. Um, even as we've been doing the series of Only Jesus, we've been looking at how he's a promise keeper. Um, he's a miracle worker and so many other facets of him. And today we're going to be looking at another angle of who Jesus is. And we're going to be looking at him as the fulfiller of our lives. Um, so in the midst of, you know, the pandemic of coronavirus, which has been rocking the entire world, the one thing that we have been confronted with a lot is our mortality and how mortal we are and how afraid some of us are about what could happen. And I just want to encourage you that today as we look at Jesus, the fulfiller of life, that we won't look at our circumstances and freak out and worry and get anxious, but instead that we'll trust God, that he has a purpose for our life, he has a plan for our life, and only he can fulfill it. So we really, really need to bring our focus back to who Jesus is for us today. So even as we're going to get into this uh, part of the series, I urge you to take out a book or a pen or just your phone and your notepad and just make a few notes so that you can get back into this week, a week of quarantine, that it won't be one of wasted time, but time when you can really seek God's plan for your life. Um, even as we begin, I just want to say, say a short word of prayer as we get into the sermon. Father, we just pray that you will be revealed to us today. I pray, Lord, that you will show each of us what the plans and purposes for our lives are. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So as we're going to get into Jesus, the fulfiller of life, we're going to be looking at three passages from the book of John. Um, and as we look at it, as we've been doing the series, we're going to be looking at the Lumo project to get more of a sensory experience of what Jesus is actually saying and doing. So the meaning of fulfillment is in regular English, finding happiness or satisfaction or a sense of completion. But for us followers of Christ, it means a something more. It means that there's a purpose and a meaning to the things we go through in this life, which means our pain, our struggles, our ups and downs all have a meaning, all have a purpose. There is some need for it in our lives. And that's what fulfillment actually means. And as we're going to look at this today, Jesus is the only one who gives us true fulfillment. Uh, without him, all of these problems, all of these ups and downs are just that. They have no meaning. But with Jesus in the mix, everything changes, everything gets fresh perspective. So the three things I want to look at today. The first thing is Jesus is the giver of eternal life. Now, you obviously know this. You've probably like heard about this all your lives. But we're going to look at a particular passage of scripture that I especially love. It's from John chapter 6, verses 32 to 35. We're going to look at it from the Lumo Project and then we'll get back to it. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
So the important verse in this passage was John chapter 6, verse 35. And let me read it for you. And it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. So the image you have here is bread. So I don't know if in your house bread is a backup or it's the staple. In our house, it's pretty much a staple. The truth, what Jesus was talking about here was he was saying, I need to be your staple. You, I can't be your backup plan. I need to be your staple. I need to be there at all times. So he's saying basically, he who comes to me shall never hunger. Having Jesus in your life, knowing Jesus, feasting on Jesus, sitting with him, communing with him, is the recipe for knowing him better on a day-to-day -day basis. So while eternal life is our destination, while salvation got us that, our everyday process, the process to eternal life, is what matters and that's what happens when Jesus is the bread of life for us. Um, is Jesus that vital for you today? How connected are you to him? Do you treat him like fast food or do you actually sit with him and enjoy him like a four-course meal? Only Jesus, the bread of life, can fulfill our deepest longings, answer our heart's questions, fill up the void that we have. Knowing about Jesus is not the same as knowing him and being known by him. We only get to know him by giving him time, intentionally spending time with him, carving out uh, a niche in our day where we pray, where we seek his face. During the quarantine, quarantine, these are good habits to cultivate. These are good times when we can just sit and figure out how we're going to get into God's word. How am I going to journal it? How am I going to lean in? So in accepting Jesus, the first thing is we have eternal life assured for us. But more important than that, you know, we can look at eternal life as the destination, but the journey matters. How do we look at every day? And that's where Jesus, the bread of life, comes in. That's where this plays a role. I need Jesus for my every day. I need Jesus in how I am as a wife, how I am as a mother, how am, am I as a friend. I can't do any of this without Jesus. And therefore, I prioritize Jesus at the top of my day. What do you do? You don't have to do it the way I do. You could do it differently. Maybe you carve out some time during your lunchtime at work and you just sit, you read the word, you meditate on it. I don't know, maybe you do a Bible plan with friends, but whatever it is, are you prioritizing Jesus? Is he in your everyday? He may have promised you eternal life, but he wants to be part of your everyday. On accepting Jesus as the Lord of our life, he freely gives us the gift of eternal life. But as we steadily walk with him, it's in that, from that moment on that he gives us joy and purpose in our everyday. So the first thing is that Jesus is the giver of eternal life. We're going to the second point where Jesus is the giver of abundant life. The Bible passage we're going to be looking at is from John chapter 10, verses 7 to 10. Let's first look at it in the Lumo Project. Therefore Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The important verse here is from John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So in this passage, Jesus is talking about him being the gate 
for the sheep and then he also later on talks about him being the good shepherd who the sheep follow so there are two analogies that jesus is using here but the point is we are the sheep that has not changed we are the sheep so when i was studying about the sheep i was going through um, one of my favorite authors um, who has written a whole book on how sheep actually are used in the parables of jesus why they are used when i was looking into that it was so interesting so apparently sheep they are always are as a flock they cannot live isolated they cannot live alone so in fact if uh, scientifically when they have tried this out they've taken sheep out of a flock put them alone and they get super agitated they cannot survive alone they need their flock for sustenance for protection for feeding for nurturing for everything you name it so there's a particular reason why jesus is using this he's talking about us in community none of us believers can exist alone we're not meant to be islands we're meant to be together we're meant to help each other we're meant to nurture each other and here jesus says he is the gate so when we enter community when we enter our churches when we enter our bible study groups that is the gate the gate we enter is jesus and that community is a safe community because it's christ centered and we as the sheep we need each other now he he talks in john chapter 10 verse 10 this very amazing verse he talks about how the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy but he has come to give us an abundant life now i was thinking about this what does this abundant life look like because i know so many of my friends my family who are struggling with lives which are less than abundant they don't look abundant so if you look at the root word for abundance it means perisos which means overflowing excessive surplus and just take a second to pause and think does your life fall under the abundance category now when i say abundance i don't mean fancy cars or a big house what i really mean is how are we in our spirit are we abundant towards people in our little do we provide lots for others are we generous with what we have so it boils down to this you know wherever you look at the word abundant in the bible most often it's associated with god the father he is abundant in his love he is abundant in his faithfulness he is abundant in the riches he pours out into his people's lives so therefore abundance is something that is associated with god and so it it really connects us with god's generosity so if you really want to experience this this abundant life the first stage has to be generosity let me prove that to you if you look at 2 corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 to 8 but this i say He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully so let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or out of necessity for god loves a cheerful giver and god is able to make all grace abound toward you that you have always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work the whole passage it ends on this high note with a lot of um um words that describe abundance but what it what leads up to that is this if you sow sparingly you will reap sparingly if you sow abundantly you will reap abundantly it's that simple generosity begets abundance without generosity there is no abundance so i want to look want us to look at our own lives today Are we lacking in abundance? Do we feel like we're constantly scrounging around? Do we feel like we've been withholding unduly? Maybe it's time we live with palms wide open. Maybe it's time we live with arms wide open. Maybe it's time that we really allow generosity to flood our spirits so that we experience abundance in our lives. 
I want you to take a minute to think about how you have been blessed today. Maybe you're not the wealthiest person around, but I'm sure you have something that others don't. Why not use that to bless someone else? As one of our pastor friends always says, we are blessed to be a blessing. What we have been given is not for ourselves. It's to give others. So this abundance within the community is always experienced within community. This abundance cannot be experienced in in solitary confinement. So right now, as you're sitting at home with your family, practice that generosity in your family, in your living room, with your wife, with your spouse, with your parents, with whoever you are with. That generosity has to start there. And then you will experience abundance, abundance of all kinds. The third thing that Jesus came to give us, he was the giver of a fruitful life. If we look at the Bible passage from John 15, 1 to 8, again, we're going to look at it from the Numa Project and then get into the, the nitty gritty of that passage. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Right, so if you look at the whole passage, it talks about Jesus being the vine, we are the branches, and it talks about God being the master vine dresser. So now I've done botany, so I got very interested about reading, you know, recapping a bit about this. So I was looking through some pictures, and as you look at this picture, there's a picture of a vine with its branches having lots of fruit on it. Now we just eat grapes, we pop it in without even thinking about what happens to get that grapes to us. So this is what a gardener does, a vine keeper the person who looks after a um, a vineyard, what he does is he has to keep monitoring his plants. And at the right time, he will go to each of the fruit-bearing plants and he will make nicks on the stem. That's what pruning is. They make expertly cut nicks, which actually causes wounds in the stem. It's not easy for the plant. It's actually painful for the plant. And so he makes those nicks expertly and then he lets it go. And after a few weeks, the yield of the plant doubles. And it's healthier plants which are healthier fruits which are produced. So pruning is highly essential for fruitfulness. Now you just double back, see why God was mentioning that. Look at our lives. Maybe some of us feel like we're in a season of pruning. Maybe we feel like some blessings have been withheld. Maybe we feel like the road has been really rough for us. I don't know what your road is. I don't know. But I know this. 
Pruning always precedes fruitfulness. If you're in a season of pruning, ask God, Lord, what are you doing in me? What are you changing? I mean, I was preparing for this. The Lord convicted me about some things. You know, they said over there, God the Father is the master wine dresser. And it got me thinking that so many times I try to prune people. I try to correct them and, you know, fit them in my mold. But God's saying, hey, I am the one who changes people, not you. And so that was where I, I stand. That's what I had to learn. I don't know what God is doing in you, who he's using to shape you. It's interesting that pruning in our communities happens within our community. Sometimes God uses fellow believers to prune us. Sometimes God uses our spouses to prune us. He uses our children to prune us. But are you open to the pruning? That's what counts. The point is for this fruitful life, I must be willing for the master to make changes in me, to correct me in order that I bear fruit. One of our pastor friends used to tell us this, that when you bear fruit, the only people who taste that fruit are others. It's not you. An apple tree doesn't taste its own fruit. It's others who enjoy that. In the same way, when you bear fruit during that season of pruning, after the season of pruning, friends around you, family around you will ask, how are you so peaceful in the midst of these circumstances? Where is this patience coming from? Where is this love that you have? And all of that will boil down to giving God the glory because that pruning has had its effect. So I want to encourage you today. Do you want a fruitful life? Then be prepared for some pruning. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. And so I was thinking about how, what, who could I use as an example as for this whole, you know, this whole sequence of things where we first find God to be the giver of eternal life and then for God to give us an abundant life and then to God to give us a fruitful life. And I was looking through so many articles and this and that and then finally the Holy Spirit said, use your life, share what I've done in your life. So for me, I've, I've been born and brought up in a Christian home, 36 years soaked in Sunday school in a church setup. I, I, I literally knew so much of the Bible, but the truth was I needed to become a parent, to be confronted with what I didn't know about God. I didn't know who this God was, I realized. I had my daughter and things just changed. I started seeking God on a daily basis, not out of compulsion, not because it was something on my to-do list, but because I wanted to. And my life changed. Ever since I think I was 29 when I started seeking God, I leaned in so heavily. I remember he would speak to me from his word. My husband was at Bible college at the time. It was just me and my little baby at home. My son was at school. And he would speak to me like he was in the room teaching me like a professor. And the, the journey hasn't stopped. Ever since then, my purpose for my life has become clearer and clearer and clearer. It's only gotten solidified. So if today you're saying, I'm not living in an abundant place, maybe you need to sit down. Maybe you need to spend more time. Maybe you need to be listening more than you're talking. Maybe you need to get into his word because that's the source where you get to know more about this God, where you get to know more about who Jesus is. And finally, that fruitful life. A lot of times we don't know what we are actually doing. We don't know whether what we're doing is making impact, but others around you will feel it. Your family will feel it. Your friends will feel it. So in conclusion, I want to just leave you with these three things. Jesus is the giver of eternal life, which requires an everyday walk with him. It's not a sporadic drop on, drop off kind of relationship with him, but an everyday, systematic, consistent walk with him. Secondly, Jesus is the giver of an abundant life, which requires a generous heart. I can't expect to live abundantly if generosity is not part of my DNA. The third thing is Jesus is the giver of a fruitful life which requires a willingness to change. I can't expect to be fruitful 
to do the things he's created me to do if i'm unwilling to change if i'm going to say lord these parts of my life don't touch it i need to open myself up to him without jesus our lives would mean nothing will have no impact and will lack fulfillment so i want to ask you today maybe you're someone who knows the lord for a long time but maybe your relationship has been hot and cold with him it hasn't been consistent would you be interested in really taking that step of saying lord you've given me an intentional pause right now thanks to everything that's happening in the world help me to get back into the word help me to spend time with you maybe you're in a place where you spend a lot of time but you're not seeing the abundance maybe you need to include generosity into your life maybe you need to bring it back in maybe there's no fruitfulness maybe you're feeling no one knows that i exist no one knows that i'm in a room maybe it's time you open yourself up maybe old hurts have to be healed maybe things that are barriers have to come down so i want to ask you this morning are you interested in making jesus the lord of your life because without him like i mentioned right at the beginning there is no fulfillment without jesus in your life struggles will come hardships will come but there will be meaning to it there will be a purpose to it so i want to ask you would you like to invite jesus into your heart this morning so the bible says in romans chapter 10 verse 9 it says God's living message is this it is the revelation of faith for salvation when which is the message that we preach for if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will experience salvation i want to give you a chance to accept Jesus as the lord and savior of your life i want you to repeat this simple prayer after me where you're seated right now it doesn't matter who you're with if you can just pray this prayer with me it would be great Lord Jesus I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness please come into my heart as my lord and savior amen for those of you who feel like you need to recommit your lives who've been walking with him a long time but want to recommit your time to him want to recommit your life to him maybe you've been asking for purpose maybe you've been feeling like your life lacks fulfillment can i pray with you this morning father we pray for each person who's watching this right now i pray that in their lives they will find fulfillment i pray lord through every hurdle through every setback through every obstacle they will find purpose they will find a path they will find lord fulfillment in you i pray that lord as they seek you in your word as they pray and they they lean in i pray that you will answer their prayers i pray that lord you will come through in a powerful way we rededicate our lives to you lord we pray that all of us would open ourselves up to being touched and changed by him in Jesus precious name i pray amen so i pray that you'll have a blessed week with no anxiety no fear and i pray that this this whole week you will take time to sit sit at the master's feet that you will spend time with him that you'll spend time with your family you will love on them you will be generous with them and that god will bless you abundantly amen thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to weazion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.